Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pop Culture Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Breen, and today I will be speaking with the amazing producer and multi-instrumentalist Sam Cohen. As always, if you like the podcast, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram at Patrick underscore Breen or email any questions you have to popculturenerd2 at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy. You may know Sam Cohen from his time with the popular indie psychedelic band Apollo Sunshine, or perhaps from his excellent career as a solo artist, but you may not know that he is a supremely talented producer as well. Sam joins me today to talk a little bit about his musical influences, his songwriting style, as well as his upcoming record. So how are you doing today, Sam? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, it's now been almost three years, I think, since your last uh, solo record, which is called The Future Still Ringing in My Ears. Um, I know it's been a while, but could you talk a little bit about the inspiration behind that album? Yeah, it seems like a lifetime ago. It's been a long three years. Yeah, with that record, see, I was going through all sorts of, of changes in my life. My second daughter was on the way, and um, I sort of started that record as demos and like a sort of home bedroom studio in my apartment. Um, I was kind of like between studios at the time. And I was also right, or, right around the time I had started working on a bunch of different projects with Danger Mouse. And um, he and I started working on the material together, the demos I'd been putting together. And uh, we did a session out in LA at his studio. And then I started renting a place uh, in Brooklyn uh, where I could share well, I was sharing it with Joe Russo. Do you know him? An incredible drummer, a good friend of mine. And we started sharing this spot, sort of sharing gear. And I was using that studio for stuff I was producing and stuff I was working on with Danger Mouse and did a lot of my record in that spot. But um, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of the stuff I was writing about then was like climate change and uh, police brutality, you know, a mm. lot of stuff that... Uh, overpopulation, <laughs> kind of depressing stuff, you know, even though I, I think it's a fun record to listen to. But um, yeah, and then that came out in 2019. And then uh, in 2020, when when the sort of shit hit the fan, I noticed an uptick in people listening to the stuff and just like hearing from fans early in the pandemic, like, you know, I'm just really digging deep on this record right now. I think it like super resonated in 2020, some of my sort of dark uh, subject matter. But at the same time, it was like, I think I wrote about those things when they felt easy to ignore, you know? And then when it felt like those were the things that the whole world was collectively talking about all at once, took a long time to figure out what to write about then, because I'd been sort of on those themes for a while. And my new record, which I actually just finished, uh, and is coming out in May is mostly instrumental for that very reason. I never quite did figure out what, what, what I verbally wanted to, to say about the state of the world. Right. Well, I was about to say, um, it's kind of funny how that happens, um, where you write a, a record that's so heavily influenced by issues um, 
and issues that aren't talked about enough. And then suddenly we're thrust upon the global pandemic and everyone's home and everyone's talking and it, I'm sure it resonated well, but does it become too much at some point for you? Or were you ready to just be kind of done with having to delve deep into lyrics? And, and I assume you moved on. I, I think I think I did. I mean, it was a combination of like, of something like that, just to directly, what am I going to say? But I mean, really, when I write a song, I don't sit down and think to myself, what am I going to say? You know, usually the, the words come out and then I kind of, through reading them and rearranging them, I then sort of figure out what it was I was talking about, you know, but the words generally appear first, or at least some of them that sort of guide where it's going to go. But with this, it was a combination of, of not wanting to state the obvious to everybody, you know, and, and not feeling like, like I had the skills or really anyone has the skills to take this, this subject matter, the, the pandemic, you know, the eruption of Black Lives Matter, the West Coast on fire, earthquakes, you know, just everything that happened in 2020. I didn't feel like I had the, the gifts of linguistics to be the spokesman of this or to tell anyone they hadn't already thought of, you know. But that was also coupled with the fact that, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, my kids had nowhere to go, their school closed, my little one's daycare closed. Brooklyn became a really hard place to be as a parent with my kids all day, because, you know, we lived in a small apartment like everyone. And uh, my wife was working from home on the computer. I couldn't go to the studio because I had to watch the kids. And after like a few weeks of that, we, uh, we were like, let's rent a cabin somewhere. Or we were just like, let's rent something somewhere. And we found this little cabin up past Hunter Mountain, like three hours wow. north of the city, the little town called Jewett. And we found it on Airbnb. And uh, we ended up staying there for like four months. And during that time decided that we would rather live outside the city. You know, it was becoming clear that like the pandemic was gonna draw on and on and on. So during those first four months, we were like, Let, let's just get out of Brooklyn. Let's find a place to live up here permanently. So we started working on that, but it was like a full six months of sort of just tending to my family and not focusing much on music at all before I came back to it. So when I did, it was sort of more like, well, I need to find some records to produce because I haven't been working for six months, you know? And then I, I dived deep into those and it was joyful to be working again and having some space to play my instruments. That really started back up like in August of 2020 when, you know, things started to ease up and we found a school for the kids and all that stuff. Um, and that's when I was able to do it again. And I felt like I was just... I was getting so much joy just playing the instruments, working on arrangements. I, it had been so long since I'd played a show at that point, you know, since like February, 2020, it was now like the fall of 2020. And I started building this studio here on, on the property where we built this house. And uh, just the stuff I started doing was like on my, in my free time was like, experimenting with sounds and trying out new things and trying out the space and I had a few songs but I would just write and rewrite and rewrite and like really try to perfect the little bit of lyrical content that I had 
And I was just getting more joy from that than like, I guess I just felt no pressure to sort of be like, I need 10 songs, you yeah. know? And um, once my studio here was built, I started having friends over and we would just jam and record it or write something and record it. And it was always like instrumental and really unusual and really enjoyable. And I was just sort of making this stuff. And it wasn't until like a few months later that I sort of had the idea to combine the songs I was working on with these pieces of music. And, you know, it just hit me like the world's turned upside down. Like my career is whatever I want it to be. Like this can be my new record. So it is. And when you finally sit down and, and start writing, um, is this record kind of a departure for you? Or is there kind of a set theme in mind even now when you sit down and write um, before going into a project? Or do you just let it fully develop throughout coming up with melodies and, and new songs? How, what is that songwriting process like for you? Um, I would say that the album is definitely a, a big departure. And, um, and I think right now I'm... I'm not like sitting down with the intent to write a song. So um, like really what this new record of mine is, is um, I think because I spend so much time as a producer, like serving the song and developing the song that when I come to my own record um, and then my job, sorry, on those things as the producer is to do all that and then also find interesting sounds that are appropriate and fit and make it come to life, you know? And then I think just through the last 10 years of doing so much producing, you know, alongside of making my own records. I think when I came to my own record, like something had transitioned in me where it was almost like, I spend a lot of time serving the song. Like what if I did a record where I just served the sound and that like very fun part of finding the sounds that complement the song became like the centerpiece of it. So that's what a lot of, the new record is, and that's why it's a largely instrumental. Rather than serving a song, I was just trying to like capture a mood. And most of the songwriting I do now is through production projects where people come in with the beginning of an idea and we sort of together write it. At this point in my life, I find um, I, I don't have like a huge urge inside me to like start a new song, you know what I mean? Um, but I do love working on them and I love solving the problems with them and figuring out like how to make them better, more complete, have the right arc. So that's something I get to do as a producer, you know, when people come in with pretty raw ideas and we can sort of sit at the piano and figure it out and then figure out how to arrange it and record it. I guess how, how much has your sound do you think just personally changed um, whether was being a part of a band, whether it's now producing other artists, helping them write songs. Um, and then now with a third, you know, solo release, do you have a conscious change in your kind of just sound and your music? Or do you think it's fully, fully subconscious? It's just developing. Yeah, I, I think it just happens, you know, and on this one, the process was very much about just letting it happen. And I think it's the most my music has changed from one album to the next ever, you know? And, and part of that I think is that I just sort of, well, I collaborated a lot, you know? So there's not like fuzz guitar solos and a lot of the stuff that I've enjoyed leaning into on past records. Um, this stuff features like a lot of saxophone and some beautiful flutes and clarinets and 
worked on some rhythms with my friend Evan Shorenstein. Who, he's an electronic musician who goes by Fote. Um, and really lit friends and influenced the sound of the music. And at, at times I felt like I was more just sort of like conducting a record into existence. And, and in a way I didn't, you know, didn't totally realize I was making a new record of my own at all. I was just sort of doing the things I was interested in doing. And then it later realized like, that's what my record should be. I'm a solo artist. My records should be what I'm interested in. Yeah. I don't need to, you know, make something that's reminiscent of the last one. Of course. Um, how would you kind of describe your sound? Um, I don't know if you want to be pigeonholed into a specific genre or if that's helpful or even useful, but um, how would you describe your sound? I, I think it's pretty broad. I mean, uh, not to just be sort of aloof, but I think it's changing all the time and it it changes whether I'm by myself or working with someone, you know, <clears throat> I think I, um, I like to respond to something. So like, I'll either be responding to something in someone else or I'll be responding from by myself to what I did last, you know what I mean? Like to try not to repeat myself. Um, but yeah, I, I probably wouldn't attempt to describe my sound because it's totally different depending on the context. And that's sort of what I'm interested in now as a solo artist is like making sure I do change the context when I go back to like, to my own work so that it evolves and changes and continues to surprise me. And then by virtue of that, the, the audience. This is kind of a similar question, but, um, you mentioned, of course, that you've taken inspiration, whether it be from current events um, or, you know, modern day issues. Um, have your inspirations also changed over the time you've been writing? And do you tend to um, take inspiration from the folks you're writing with and um, the music of the day? Or, or are you kind of not affected by that personally? Um, no, I definitely soak in everything that I hear affects me in some way or another. Um, and I'm very influenced by the people I work with. You know, like I finished a record with Kevin Morby um, that we got to do most of it here in this studio is one of the first things we worked on after it was built. And he influences and inspires me a lot. I just love his songwriting. And I love his enthusiasm for what he does. And um, and he inspires me quite a bit. And he almost, uh, he also, um, you know, makes me see certain things that he's doing so well when we work together that I'm kind of like, maybe I don't try to do that when I go back to my, you know what I mean? Or it's, I almost come back to it being like, well, he's got that on lock. Maybe, maybe I should remove that aspect of, from my music that, you know, I was doing before. Cause I think when we, when we first started working together, whenever it was when we did singing saw you know i think our music was like sort of in a similar category i think growing alongside each other and working on records over the years and there's other relationships like this too it's like i make a conscious effort for my own music to diverge from what we're doing together you know do you ever struggle with um wearing multiple hats like 
when you're in your kind of production mode and helping an artist out, do you ever start to make a suggestion and say, okay, I'm going to save that for myself or I'm going yeah. to, um, or, or maybe even, um, you know, I gave, I'm leaning too much into what I like about this. Maybe Kevin's sound is a little different. I should guide him another direction. How do you navigate that? Um, I never hold back cool stuff. Um, and part, part of that is <clears throat> I, I really don't work on anything that I'm not really into. Um, and the reason for that is that I, I just don't feel like I can do my job, which is so kind of, it's specific tasks, of course, and there's like some technical aspects to it too. But, but really when I'm doing my job well, it's a very metaphysical thing and I can't get there if I don't, if I can't find a way to believe in it a hundred percent. And I think that's in line with when I love it, like it's my own, I want to give everything I can to it. So if I've got a new guitar sound, like, sure, I'll do that on this record. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's totally separate. And I feel like the more I give away, the, the more I get back. And I know when I'm ready to work on some new music, um, that new new ideas will grow i think that's certainly the right approach uh to take and i'm sure that that's the most appreciative approach from other artists who work with you well sam what else do you have going on in the works i know you have the album coming out could you tell me um the name and do you know the release yeah we're we're doing a sort of self soft self-release the album is called slow fawn which is also the name of the studio and um and that that I the name of that record comes from um well actually very literally there's just a sign up the road from where I live which is like a windy country road and there's a wooden sign in red paint that says slow fawns <laughs> and it's like it just looks like something like it looks like a 90s emo album cover or something is what my friend said about it and I was like sort of shyly like oh I I actually saw that sign and I'm calling my album in studio <laughs> but um but I loved it because for one thing, my studio up here is, it's in a big meadow and deer come by and they just chill and eat. And I can look out the window and almost always see little fawns like munching on the grass and things like that. So there's that, they're always present in my mind. And there's also the way I approached music here, my record and the way I'm trying to work with everyone is sort of like very open, very experimental, um, you know, kind of more like a noob in a sense of being like vulnerable and like trying things out that I'm not like 100% skilled at and comfortable at, just try it, you know, which, um, and something about a slow fawn felt like the most vulnerable, um, pure kind of uh, yeah. symbol I could imagine. So that's, that's the name of both the studio and the record. And that'll come out, um, digitally probably at the end of May and um, and vinyl whenever we can get it pressed. You know? yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to wait to share it for vinyl because the lead times now are like six to eight months. Well, I really like the, uh, the name. I have a couple of fonts that live in my like extremely urban area in New Jersey in my tiny backyard um, who are always just chilling and, and very slow. Yeah, definitely, definitely vulnerable. Always worried about them constantly crossing the road. So I think um, maybe I could do with a slow fawn sign. 
front of my house also. <laughs> yeah. um, well, thank you for coming on with me today, Sam. Um, is there anything else coming up that you want to, that you want to plug real quick or any, uh, any live dates? Um, no live dates. I've really just been sort of permit like in the studio, but working on a ton of things. Um, I finished a record yesterday that I'm really thrilled about. It's a collaborative record with a singer named Sandra Williams. She was Sharon Jones's backup singer for Sharon's whole career, even prior to Daptone and all of that. Um, so they were like thick as thieves. And um, she, I met her years ago. She sung on a bunch of records doing backup vocals for things I've been producing and on my own stuff as well. And now she tours with Mavis Staples singing oh. with her. But she, uh, she's a beautiful spirit. Here's a picture of us yesterday finishing up oh, that very record. cool i just love her i love her voice and she had these songs kicking around and she would just go on instagram and just like sing her feelings you know and i told her one day i was like i could listen to that all day that's just the most beautiful stuff and um she was like well if you ever want to make a record you know that'd be amazing <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, af after this place was built i was like sandra get up here let's do this so we we just finished it and it is like one of my favorite things i've ever made she just sings some of the some of the records acapella some of it's got like crazy like 808 90s hip-hop kind of beats some of it's got these like kind of broken d'angelo feeling grooves and it's just been a joy to work on is pretty much just she and I I would do all the instruments and production and she had the ideas of the songs and sang and layered her voice and we'd you know go back and forth give each other feedback reshape the stuff and build these little voice memo ideas into into a, a full full-blown tune and uh yeah that's the thing that's freshest on my mind right now it's a very special album so I hope everyone gets a chance to hear that very cool. Well, I'll keep my eye out for it. Uh, I'm looking forward to that and also to your new record. Thank you again for coming on with me today. My pleasure. Nice to, nice to chat. That's it for this episode of the Pop Culture Nerd Podcast. I'm Patrick Green, and if you like the show, be sure to check out my other episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Take care, everyone.